This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I uh, have been uh, welcome to our Constitution, and this is a show where we talk about just that, our Constitution, and talk about how it's being shredded by our current administration, being shredded by both Democrats and Republicans, unfortunately, and by judges, and by state governments and local governments. It seems like there's one one attack after another on uh, Christians, on freedom of religion, on other things in the First Amendment, like freedom of speech and the freedom of the press, certainly constant attacks on the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms, and our Fifth Amendment right to due process, and our Fourth Amendment rights to be secure in our persons and property from illegal searches and seizures. So we talk about all those things, and today we're going to talk about some of the threats that are being made right now from outside of this country. We'll begin the program with that. Because I've been sitting here watching the President of the United States today in his element. He is the chairman today of the U.N. Security Council. And he's sitting there, and you can tell he's loving it. Because he's sitting there thinking, I'm all-powerful. You know, the narcissistic president we have considers himself to be above everybody else, that he's an elitist, and he's above not only the people of this country, but also the foreign leaders in the world, many of whom no longer trust the man. Um, Unfortunately, intelligence services around the world have stopped sharing intelligence with us because of the fact that we reveal that intelligence. I say we, the President of the United States and the State Department will turn over bits of intelligence to the media in order to enhance the President's reputation to show that he's a strong leader when, in fact, I'm not sure he's a leader at all of our country, He's leading us. If he's leading us, he's leading us to our own destruction. But he's in there today talking about ISIS and our ISIL, as he refers to it, which is the way that the terrorists refer to themselves. And so he's being politically correct. He didn't want to offend the terrorists uh, by using the term ISIS. He wants to use their their politically correct term of ISIL. So he's in there today at the United Nations, and he's lecturing the leaders of other countries. And by the way, not all the leaders are there. The so-called coalition he's formed to combat ISIS, the Prime Minister of England, Great Britain, was not there, David Campbell. The President of France is not there. By the way, there was a beheading of a French citizen by a group in Algeria connected to ISIS, and uh, they beheaded this man because of the French bombing ISIS. So we have another act of terror, of horror, perpetrated by these people who Obama continues to refer to as not Muslims. This is not Islam. Islam is a good religion. Islam is a great religion, according to the president. Islam is the most important religion in the world. And Muslims should have more freedom of religion than Christians in this country more freedom of religion than Jews in this country. So we have a, you know, wonderful religion out there, and even though ISIS stands for the Islamic State, Obama continues to defend them by saying that they're, or continues to claim that they're not really Muslims, they're not true Muslims, uh, because Islam is a peaceful religion. 
anyway, France and England are not there. But our president, he's having a good time lecturing other countries about securing their borders. I don't know if you listened to what he said today, but that was a big part of it. We have to stop the radicals from crossing borders into other countries. We have to stop rad people who are being radicalized in countries and going to fight with uh, ISIS from coming back into our countries. Lecturing other countries on the importance of doing this, while at the same time we are making no attempt to do it in our country. We continue to have a wide open southern border. A border where anybody can come across. It doesn't matter where they're from. I think I mentioned on my show last week that I did a speech recently out in Tyler, Texas, where I talked to somebody who is a, a member of the Texas militia, and they have helped in securing the border. Uh, these are not the militia groups that go down there to close the, uh, the entry points. They go down there to assist the Border Patrol and local authorities by monitoring people coming across the border and notifying the authorities about them. Well, basically, they're, they're being told now by the, the Border Patrol that the Border Patrol has been ordered by the Obama administration to ignore the people coming across the border. And if they turn themselves into the center, they're supposed to be let go. They're given a notice to appear, which can be printed off of any computer, off the Internet, and they're given a notice to appear, uh, to appear in court sometime down the road. And we're talking months. No, no, we're not talking months. We're talking years down the road. And if they don't show up, no big deal. Nothing's done about it. But this notice to appear also gets them on an airplane without having to have any other proof of identity. They, they don't have to prove who they are. So this gentleman was telling me that the OTMs, other than Mexicans, and this is how they're referring to the so-called children that are coming across the border, many of which are not children at all. They are teenagers or young adults or gang members. Uh, they admit to committing violent crimes in their home countries, yet the Border Patrol does not send them back they can let them go wherever they want in this country. But he was telling me that the OTMs, other than Mexicans, right now the majority of people coming across the border are OTMs. But he said that was true two years ago. He said 63% of the people they were apprehending were OTMs. They were coming from countries like Somalia. They were coming from Yemen. They were coming from Iraq. They were coming from Afghanistan. They were coming from Saudi Arabia or Iran or other countries like Nigeria in Africa and the Middle East. So we had a, have had a tremendous influx of potential terrorists, people who are coming across our border. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're bringing with them. We don't know if they're acquiring weapons once they get here or if they're setting up cell lines. We do know. At least I do. And most of the people in the intelligence community that I, I deal with, they know that there are ISIS cells and Al-Qaeda cells and other terrorist cells set up in this country prepared to attack us. And they're working on that as we speak. And they're probably coming in with their weapons in hand. Because back two years ago, when we were semi-enforcing the border, they estimate they were only getting one out of every ten OTMs that were coming across the border. 
So that means 90% of the illegals coming in from other countries where they're state-sponsored terrorism or where they might be members of terrorist organizations, 90% of them were not even apprehended then. Now, 100% of them are not being apprehended because nobody's being apprehended. So the President of the United States is setting us up for terrorist attacks. And they're going to hit us in response to the campaign against ISIS. And by the way, the campaign against ISIS is a joke. It appears, and I heard a, a military commentator on Fox News confirm this a while ago, uh, something that I had already thought about, was what are we doing with this air campaign? Yes, the president is trying to score political points and help save the Senate for the Democrats by pretending to be strong and going after targets in Syria. Well, the targets that are right on the border of Syria and Iraq. He's going after targets in Syria. And the Pentagon announced that last night we knocked out 13 vehicles. There were tanks. There were armored vehicles. Just said we knocked out 13 ISIS vehicles. That's not going to slow down ISIS. And it appears, according to Colonel Peters, and according to what I'm, I'm hearing, that we're launching these attacks in the dark. We're launching them at night. We're launching them against vehicles that are, have, are not manned. We're launching them against buildings where there is nobody. Obama seems to be deliberately, and he's taken over these targets. Obama has stated publicly that all targets have to be approved by him personally. Here's a man with no military experience, knows nothing about strategy, much less tactics in a military operation, but he is approving the targets. So he's approving targets like unoccupied buildings, unoccupied vehicles. He seems to be deliberately acting to minimize the casualties among the terrorists. Now somebody explain that to me minimizing the casualty among the terrorists. How are you going to destroy ISIS if you're not killing their soldiers? You're not. The whole thing is, is a joke. We're not fighting a war. We're in a war, but we're not fighting a war. The President of the United States is playing politics with the lives of Americans. Not only our American airmen, but American civilians around the world. And we're going to start paying the price. And we're going to start paying the price fairly quickly, I'm afraid. In the meantime, has ISIS been slowed down? No. They continue to capture more territory, both in Syria and Iraq. They're not afraid of us. They're moving right along. Because we're not hitting them where they need to be hit. And we have no ground troops. I mean, the, the ISIS troops just captured, or at least attacked, another Iraqi military base near Fallujah and captured a bunch of Iraqis and paraded them out in front, a bunch of Iraqi soldiers, probably executed them. I'm sure we'll see that on the, the video before long. So they're going to be slowed down. You know, and supposedly we were going to degrade and destroy ISIS through this campaign, the Obama's launch. We're doing neither. 
we're not degrading them because if we were degrading them, they would have to be slowing down with their offensive operations. Instead, they seem to be moving right on schedule. We're certainly not destroying them. We're not killing their fighters. We seem to be protecting their fighters for them. So are they really concerned about us? No, they're not. They're not afraid of us. They're certainly not afraid of Obama. But what they are going to do is they're going to start executing more Americans, kidnapping more Americans around the world, executing them publicly. They're going to start killing people in this country. We may not be talking about another 9-11. I don't think they're capable of that. They'd certainly like to be. We may not be talking about a mass casualty event. We may be talking about some guy setting off a, a bomb near a mall in the parking lot or going into the mall as a suicide bomber and killing people in the mall or going in with a weapon and just shooting the place up. And after all, we give them an advantage here in this country because our malls and our schools are all gun-free zones. That means they don't have to worry about American citizens shooting back in those locations. Let's take our first break now. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Before the break, I was talking about the gun-free zones and how, you know, that that's open season on Americans for terrorists or for insane people out there who just want to kill somebody. And we have the threat from ISIS, the internal threat, and we still have the people in Congress pushing for gun control pushing to disarm American citizens. We have the groups out there that are doing that. 
We have the news media that's doing that. And now we have businesses falling in line with this political correct. Nobody needs to be armed in our store or in our restaurant. What is that broadcasting to the terrorists here in this country or the terrorists that may be planning to enter this country? Well, let's take Chipotle restaurants, for example. And I'll never set foot in another one of those. And uh, I used to enjoy them, but I'm you know, just not going to go there anymore. The Chipotle restaurants have said, guns are not welcome in our restaurants. Doesn't matter if you have a legal right to carry that weapon, as we're supposed to have in the United States. If you live in an open carry state, or if you have a concealed weapon permit, you're supposed to be able to carry a weapon anywhere. But they're saying, no, not in our restaurants. Weapons are not allowed. So what are they doing? They're broadcasting to ISIS and Al-Qaeda and other potential terrorists. Hey, here's a soft target for you guys. Welcome in. Come on in our restaurant. Shoot the place up. Kill all the employees. Kill all the customers. There won't be any resistance. Nobody will be in there that's capable of shooting back. I wonder if those idiots that run Chipotle restaurants that own the corporation have ever thought about that. That they are broadcasting to the enemies of the United States where the gun-free zones are and how they can target them. Target stores, same thing. Many businesses are starting to declare this themselves as gun-free zones. In the meantime, we have our schools out there that are gun-free zones, except in the case of certain areas and a few other states where now teachers are being trained and armed to protect the students. But universities, that's not happening. Universities are basically gun-free zones. Yeah, you have campus police aren't even armed in some locations. But you have the campus police out there, scattered. But you go into a classroom building, and there's not going to be a campus policeman in there. If there is, there'll be one. And there, but there are not going to be any armed students. There's not going to be anybody there who has a concealed weapon permit that can pull out a weapon and protect the students. So the universities are now telling ISIS and Al-Qaeda, here we are, soft target, come and kill our students, come and kill our faculty members. How many soft targets do we have out there? Many, many. Our military bases, believe it or not, are a soft target. Look at what happened. has happened twice at Fort Hood. The second time it wasn't a terrorist act, but it was still a situation where a person was able to shoot more people than he should have been able to shoot because it took a while for somebody armed to get there, a military police officer. Suppose he had started shooting in a building or a facility where all the troops were armed. He wouldn't have lasted very long. He wouldn't have done the damage he did. Major Hassan, who committed an act of workplace violence, according to Obama, in his administration, it was not an act of terrorism. Just because he was a you know, Muslim and he was standing on the, you know, yelling, Allah Akbar, uh, during the time he was shooting down his fellow soldiers, 
that doesn't make him a terrorist. Just because he was subscribing to a website with a terrorist leader, was in communication with a terror, known terrorist leader, that doesn't make it, that wouldn't make that an act of terrorism. It's an act of workplace violence. Just like Obama won't call what we're doing against ISIS a war, he won't call that an act of terrorism. So our military bases are gun-free zones. Believe it or not, I never thought I would say that the military bases in this country would be soft targets. But at Fort Bliss, they've raised a threat level there. As I understand it, DEFCON 2. But they are very concerned about a possible attack because there are known ISIS agents across the border in Juarez, Mexico, right across the border from El Paso. And Fort Bliss is located right outside of El Paso. So you've got a threat to the people of this country, and it's a threat being made by known enemies of this country, and the President of the United States is lecturing other companies about countries about how to secure their border. Oh, our border is wide open. The president is not fighting a serious war. The president is basically sitting back and hoping other countries will get serious and fight the war for him and for us. In the meantime, he just continues with the cuts to our military. Our military will soon be at the same strength it was prior to World War II, which means half as many ships in the Navy, less than half as many planes in the Air Force, half as many troops in Army battalions, Army divisions, half as many troops in the Marine Corps. And they're being told, the remnants are being told, well, you're not fighting war. You're not going to be put in the action. There'll be no boots on the ground. How's that for telling the enemy our strategy? Obama has a bad habit of this. He has a bad habit of leaking things after the fact. I am personally convinced that he is responsible for the deaths of members of Navy SEAL Team 6 who were killed in Afghanistan after he leaked the information about that was the group that had got Osama bin Laden. He's leaked information about other operations. He leaked the information about the fact that there was a an attempt made, it failed, but an attempt made by U.S. troops to rescue James Foley and other hostages being held by ISIS. By the time they got there, the hostages had been moved. And by the way, the reason that they had been moved was because Obama couldn't pull the trigger. The military had been ready to go for days, and Obama kept hesitating. He didn't want to know. know, He didn't want to do this because he was afraid it might backfire, and if it backfired, it might make him look bad. It might make the Democrats look bad. He wasn't really interested in saving the hostages. He was interested in doing something that would politically enhance his image. So he hesitated pulling the trigger, and when he did, it was too late. Then he comes out and talks about it as a failure of the military. And he tells ISIS, who didn't know 
there had even been a raid because there was nobody there. He tells ISIS about our attempt. So what does ISIS do? They take all the hostages they're holding, Americans and other Western hostages, and they move them. They separate them out to individual hostages in individual locations. They're no longer together. We can no longer conduct a raid that would rescue a group of these hostages. We conduct any raids and we rescue one at a time. So Obama, as far as I'm concerned, is directly responsible for the deaths of the people beheaded after James Foley. Because he told ISIS what our plan was. He telegraphed critical intelligence information to the enemy. If he did that negligently, then he is indeed the worst commander-in-chief of the military we've ever had. If he did it deliberately, it's an act of treason because he's giving aid and comfort to the enemy. That's the definition of treason in our Constitution. And by the way, giving aid and comfort to the enemy, if you look at what that really means, Obama's basically doing that on almost a daily basis. Leaving our borders wide open. Telegraphing the information about what we're doing. Putting rules of engagement on our troops in Afghanistan that are getting Americans killed while limiting our ability to go after the enemy. Not calling terrorism terrorism. Letting Department of Homeland Security claim still that the most potential domestic terrorists in this country are members of our own military, veterans. Claiming that there's no threat along the southern border. When the sheriffs down there in Texas and Arizona and Mexico know there is. They're finding Korans. They're finding Korans along the trails that are being used to enter this country illegally. They're finding Muslim clothing. So what we have is we have, you know, this is clear. We have Muslims coming in who want to hide the fact that they are from a, a country like Somalia or Iran. They want to try to blend in with the other people coming across the border. They want to look like they're Mexicans or from Guatemala or someplace like that. So they come across the border with their Muslim garb on, their headscarves, whatever, and their Koran. And they stop after they get across the border, and they say their daily prayers, and they read from the Koran, and then they change clothes and leave the Koran behind. So if they are detained, nobody will know who they are. They will pretend not to speak English, or some of them may be able to speak Spanish. We don't know. But it's clear they have a free path into this country. It's clear they're coming. If our Department of Homeland Security won't admit to this, doesn't want the Border Patrol agents talking about it, doesn't want the media looking into it, it's a classic example of giving aid and comfort to the enemy.
I'm really afraid that there are going to be Americans dying in the very near future because of the insane actions of our federal government. And it's not just Obama. Let's take our second break now. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Like I said, that's pretty much the definition of treason according to the uh, Constitution of the United States, providing aid and comfort to the enemy. But we did it in Benghazi. We did it in Libya. Aid and comfort to the enemy was provided there by the Obama administration. When I say administration, we don't know for sure who ordered the cuts in security for our ambassador and for his team. He was begging for increased security because of threats. There had been a bomb set off outside the consulate in Benghazi at one point. Nobody was injured, but it was an attempt to injure people. The British ambassador, there had been an attempt to assassinate him. So Chris Stevens saw what was going on, as did the other people there, and they asked for additional security. At that point, they had a 14-man security team. The response of the administration knowing all of the dangers there, was to cut that security team, not to add to it, not to double it, which has sure been done, but cut it down to four people. That was giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Then you have the attack, and we now have proof from three of the survivors of the attack, three of the members of the private security detail, who were told by the CIA chief, station chief, to stand down. They wanted to go help Chris Stevens. They knew the attack was going on. They wanted to go in and try to rescue the ambassador and the members of his team. 
They were told three times to stand down and not to do anything. Finally, they broke ranks with their uh, the head of the CIA station or the station chief there and went anyway, but it was too late to save the four Americans who'd been killed. We have a Marine detachment that was within striking distance of Benghazi. They were ready to go. They were on the airplanes. They were told to stand down. We had the four-man security team for the embassy that was in Tripoli, an hour's plane ride away from Benghazi. They immediately rushed the airport when they heard the attack was taking place. They had a C-130 aircraft waiting for them to take them there, and they were ordered to stand down. We had naval assets in the area. We had an aircraft carrier that could have launched airstrikes. It was told to stand down. A Navy SEAL team that could have been there in a couple of hours was also told to stand down. Who gave that order? Well, an order like that can only come from the President of the United States. At least that's the way our Constitution is set up. That's the way our government is supposed to be set up. He's the commander-in-chief of the military. So the order of the military not to rescue Americans, number one, that would be extraordinary under any circumstances. Because our military, you know, the, the motto there is no, no person left behind. And when Americans are under attack, the military wants to go in and try to rescue them. But here they're not allowed to. And we don't know if the President of the United States, Commander-in-Chief, gave the order or not. We don't even know where he was. While all this was going on, it's been reported by the people who were there that he was not in the White House Situation Room. Supposedly, somebody was in contact with him on occasion, giving him briefings, but he wasn't issuing orders. It sounds like he was totally unconcerned about this. Or figured it was going to go in his plan. And then, of course, he lied about it after it was over with. He had members of his administration come out and lie about it. So Americans died. No help was given to these Americans. Orders were given by somebody for them to stand down, the military to stand down. The President of the United States was AWOL. He was missing in action. Now, Trey Gowdy, member of the House of Representatives, has been appointed to have a select committee to try to get to the bottom of this. Hopefully he can. And hopefully when he does, the media will report it. Because unfortunately, most of our national news media, mainstream media, and they're not mainstream, Let's, let's stop using that term. I'm not going to, I don't try to stop using that entirely. Mainstream media means a media that is unbiased and does what the media is supposed to do, and that's protect the freedoms of the people of the United States against our own government and to expose corruption and to go after the corrupt politicians. That would be what the mainstream media is. We don't have a mainstream media. We have a left-wing media for the most part. 
I would call Fox News mainstream media. But MSNBC, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS News, they are propagandists for the Obama administration and for all the causes of the left. They are propagandists for gun control, for abortion, for gay marriage, for cuts to our military, for assaults on Christians, the rights of Christians, to shut down our churches, to shut down freedom of speech, to shut down freedom of the press, except when it applies to them. That's the left-wing media. That's the propaganda force that we have in this country. They are not operating as the Constitution called for them to operate. The Constitution provided freedom of the press so that there would be a watchdog over the federal government, so that we would the American people would accurately get information about what their government was doing and what it was not doing. We're not getting that. Most of the mainstream media, so-called mainstream media, again, most of the left-wing media has not reported accurately on Benghazi. They call continue to go along with the administration line that this is a phony scandal. Trey Gowdy is probably going to uncover a lot of information. But the only way you'll hear about it is if you listen to this show or some other conservative talk radio show, watch Fox News, that's the only way you're going to find out. Because the fact of the matter is is that we are not getting the information from the left-wing media in this country. MSNBC is probably the worst. With CNN right behind it and NBC Network totally. Well, NBC Network totally is the worst. I mean, they, you know, we, we have Brian Williams actually bowing to Obama interviewing when he was interviewing him right after the man took office. NBC operates as what I call the Joseph Goebbels School of Journalism. Goebbels was, of course, the propaganda minister for Adolf Hitler. His job was to see that the media reported only what Hitler wanted them to report. That they covered up any corruption, they covered up any facts, they covered up any setbacks in the military campaign, and they launched all out attacks in the media on the Jews and the gypsies and the so-called other undesirables in the country to help justify their arrest and imprisonment and ultimate execution. We have NBC News essentially doing the same thing. The Goebbels did for Adolf Hitler. They're doing it for Obama. In fact, and I'm, I don't know that this is still going on, but I see no reason why they would stop it, because nobody seemed to be upset when it was originally reported. There were reports that NBC calls, members of the NBC news team, call the White House every morning to find out from the White House what they're supposed to report that day, what they're supposed to cover up, how they're supposed to spin the things they report. They're getting all this information from the White House, and they're doing exactly what they're told. That, ladies and gentlemen, is not a free press. That is a propaganda organ 
for the Obama administration. The bottom line is that I hope that whatever Trey Gowdy uncovers, the select committee uncovers of the Benghazi scandal, is reported by the media, and all the media, but I doubt it will be. Just like they're still claiming that the IRS scandal is a phony scandal. We know now that the administration has lied about the uh, who was involved in the scandal. We know now that the so-called missing emails were deliberately destroyed by the administration, by members of the Internal Revenue Service. And some of them were not destroyed, but they won't let them have them. The United States Justice Foundation, we have Freedom of Information Act request out to four federal agencies right now. The Veterans Administration, Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, and the Department of Defense. We're trying to get information to help save our veterans from losing their Second Amendment rights. We're not getting responses to any of those requests. We're basically being told, for example, the Department of Homeland Security, we want to know specifically why they're putting veterans on the top of the list of potential domestic terrorism, simply because they're veterans, U.S. military veterans. They basically responded to our request by saying, drop dead. We don't know anything. You can go talk to the FBI. As a matter of fact, there have been some developments about that, about what apparently we've released a nerve somewhere. So go to my blog at www.michaelconnelly.com and read the article I've put on there called The Case of Sabotage. And you can also, in that article, you can find the body of all the requests we've made to these four federal agencies. They're not responding because they think they don't have to. They think they can ignore the law. They've been ignoring the law. When we went to the VA with requests a couple of months ago, they refused to respond. So we filed a suit. And they said, okay, we'll give you everything you want. And what they sent me was a letter saying, look at our website, it's all on the website. Well, it wasn't on the website. I looked at the website. The information we were requesting about the criteria being used to declare veterans incompetent, the information we were requesting was not on that website. Finally, they were ordered to give us some information. We got information from them but we didn't get everything we wanted. And there have been more developments in the ongoing saga with the veterans lately. We have a situation where veterans are being having their benefits stolen or being denied their benefits for appealing from the Declaration of Incompetence. And we'll talk more about this after our final break. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. 
Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You know, I was talking before the break about the uh, left-wing media and how they're covering things up. But you know what's disturbing? And I'm going to be doing an article about this that I'll be posting on my blog sometime in the next couple of days because it's it's very, very disturbing that apparently the government is now getting into a position where the conservative media out there is buying into a lot of their lies. Now, if you go to my website at Michael Connolly. C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y dot Jigsy, J-I-G-S-Y dot com. You can read all the articles I've written for the last two years about what's happening to our veterans, about the fact that they're being increasingly, increasing numbers being declared incompetent to handle their own financial affairs because they might have minor PTSD, because they uh, might have suffered from depression at some time, or simply because they let their spouses pay the family bills. Once they're declared incompetent, and there's virtually no due process here, once they're declared incompetent, then they can, they are told, kind of copies of these letters, that they can no longer own, purchase, possess, or transport firearms or ammunition. If they do, they're guilty of a felony. They're being put on the NICS list, the National Instant Criminal Background Checklist, and they're being told that they can't ever purchase firearms. Sometimes they're put on the list without any notification whatsoever. There are, we estimate about 200,000 veterans on that list now. Once they're put on the list, even if they win an appeal, and by the way, if they try to appeal, then they, they're told that they're gonna, benefits are going to be suspended. Uh, the, the benefits payments to them will be suspended during the course of the appeal, which might take two years. But if they go ahead and appeal and perchance win the appeal, which is very rare, the FBI is refusing to take them off the next list. And the only reason they're on that list is because of that. The Eric Holder and Department of Justice have translated the requirement to be on the next list, the requirement that you be adjudicated to be mentally ill, to be in a point of danger to yourself or others, 
has interpreted that to mean that no adjudication is really required, that nobody... You don't have to be examined by a psychiatrist or a psychologist. You don't have to have a hearing in front of a judge or at least an administrative judge. Anybody in the VA can declare you incompetent. Anybody in the VA can say you're mentally ill to the point of being a danger to yourself or others. Now, here's what's happened that's so disturbing. Not long after I wrote the first article, a post appeared on Twitchy, which is conservative Michelle Malkin's website. And it basically was somebody anonymous who claimed to be a former VA employee and attacked everything that I said and said that none of this was happening, that the rights of appeal were there, that veterans had to be seen by a psychiatrist or psychologist and examined, and then there had to be a hearing that they were given an opportunity to dispute what the psychiatrists or psychologists had found, and that only the veterans who were truly mentally ill were being put on the next list. Now, this was, was printed and sent out all over. Michelle Malkin never contacted me. Nobody who works for her ever contacted me to get my side of the story, to te- for me to tell them what I knew. And what I know is based on conversations with veterans, what I have seen in writing, and whistleblowers inside the VA who have fed me information about who's doing this and why. But what makes it really disturbing is this anonymous person, the article they wrote attacking me and attacking the story about the veterans was then recently posted on the American Legion website to prove that what I'm saying is not true. Now, I'm a past commander of the Carrollton American Legion Post. I served for two years. I have been a member of the American Legion for years now. Nobody in the Legion has ever contacted me to find out if what I was saying was true and if I can share the proof with them. So we have the largest veterans organization in the United States basically turning its back on on veterans because it doesn't want to get on the wrong side of the Obama administration. I am going to be filing a formal complaint with the American Legion. As far as I'm concerned, they are not representing the veterans out there. I had been wondering why I'd never heard from them, why they hadn't, nobody, they had not spoken up about the situation, because I know they had to be aware a lot of American Legion posts around the country sent out this information that I posted to their memberships. I've talked to people in American Legion posts all over Texas, veterans, but they knew nothing about this. They didn't know this was happening. They, some of them had heard that it was happening, but it hadn't happened to them yet. But they'd heard nothing from the American Legion about it. Now I find out why. The American Legion has sided with the administration in claiming nothing to see here, move on. So go to my website, michaelconnolly.jigsy.com and look out for that article the next couple of days. And we'll also be posting it on usjf.net, which is a website for the United States Justice Foundation, which is leading the charge right now on trying to protect our veterans. 
And when you go to my website, by the way, you can also access information about the books I've written. Uh, the Mortarman, the story about my dad's unit during World War II, continues to be a bestseller on Amazon. It's in the top 2 to 3% constantly. And a lot of times in the top 1% of books, uh, e-books being sold, that's out of 1.1 million e-books. My book, Ami Yaley, A Story of America, you can also read about it. That's my novel, patriotic novel. And the left has discovered it and launched some vicious attacks on it, on Amazon, for example, and claiming I'm a gun nut because I talk about the second of the right to keep and bear arms uh, being used by the American people when they are subjected to tyranny, uh, when the United States is attacked, and the, we have a weak president of the United States who surrenders, and the, we're occupied, and you know Americans rise up to fight and take back their country. And, you know, I talk about them exercising their right to keep and bear arms, and the left wing is attacking me for being a gun nut and encouraging gun violence. And then I, the enemy there, the enemy that takes us out is the Chinese communist, and they have Syrian and, and Iranian allies and uh, who help occupy the country. And I'm being called a racist for saying bad things about Chinese communists and bad things about Muslims. So all in all, I'm very pleased that I've managed to upset the far left to that extent that they feel they had to attack the book. So if you're interested in reading those books, you can look at those. You can look at my book, look at my books, uh, Riders in the Sky, The Ghost and Legends of Philmont Scout Ranch, and uh, which Boy Scouts are loving, and uh, others who like campfire stories are loving and then the uh, the book, America's Liveliest Ghost. And most importantly, you can order copies of my booklet, Our Constitution, where I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution, and I publish them the way they were originally written. And then I put my comments about what they mean. As I pointed out on the show before, people are coming forward and telling me that until they read my booklet, they were not aware that the phrase separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. Many people are telling me they were taught in schools, they were taught in their high schools, they were taught in their colleges, that that phrase was in the Constitution. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's why they can't pray in school, or couldn't pray in school. So there's a lot of information like that. For example, the disinformation being put out by Common Core right now the attacks on American history, the study guide that was put out in Denton, Texas, just north of Dallas, a very conservative county, where they put out a study guide on the, uh, the Bill of Rights that said that the Second Amendment only applied to members of the state-sanctioned militia or the National Guard, that it did not apply to individuals. I point out in that booklet that we've had two Supreme Court decisions that say it does apply to individuals. That the second, individual, the second Amendment, right to keep and bear arms, is an individual right, not a collective right. You can order a copy of this booklet for $6. You can carry it around with you. You can share it with friends and family. <laughs> Excuse me. You can order multiple copies to give out to school children, for example, uh, for substantial discounts. And if you're ordering copies for schools, contact me, because in some cases I can give you 
discounts even better than what, what's on the website. But you can access that through my website, michaelconnolly.jigzy.com, or through www.constitution.jigzy.com. And let me know if you want to order multiple copies for schools, because we're trying to... I'm, I'm not taking royalties on this booklet. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm having some pollution today in the air. But uh, I'm not taking royalties. We're turning the money over. So thank you for letting me be with you today. Talk to you next week. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.